Sweet. Well, good morning, West Bowles Community Church. How are you this morning? Uh, what you don't know, did you guys see the guy in the BMX helmet riding the bike? That was me. Um, just kidding. I can barely even ride a bike on a, on a straight sidewalk. Um, well, hey, thanks for joining us this morning. If it's your first time in a long time or your very first time or you've been here for a while, we're so excited to have you here. Um, and I'm so excited to be preaching this morning. Um, if you notice, the Burns and Tonelli family are out of town. For those of you that don't know, um, those are my in-laws. Um, my wife's right down here. Um, so those are, those are her, her family. And so when I realized they were out of town today, uh, I, I asked them, and I said, hey, when did you guys decide you were going out of town? And they looked at me point blank and said, when we heard you were preaching. So um, the rest of you, unfortunately, didn't get the memo. So you are stuck with me this morning. Um, but all joking aside, I am so, so excited. I think God uh, has something awesome um, that he's been stirring in my heart this morning, and I can't wait to share. So let me pray, and then we'll get into it. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for the opportunity for us to get together as a church family, Lord, um, and just connect with you, connect with each other, Lord, and hopefully um, by the end of this, connect someone with you, Lord. And so I pray that you speak through me, that it may not be my words, but yours. We love you and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, well, how many of you have, uh, have ever been dumped before? You can raise your hands. Okay, I've been dumped before too. Yeah, um, a, a lot of us. And um, I have never been the dumper. I've always been the person being dumped. Um, so I've, I've heard uh, all the excuses out there from, um, you know, and everyone knows the classic one. We can all say it together. In fact, it's not you, it's me, right? I've heard that one. Uh, I've even heard the, I just, I just feel like I need to be single right now. I mean, yeah, what does that even mean? Um, but my favorite, and I think the, the funniest reason I've been dumped is no joke, one year, one time, I was dumped for Lent. <laughs> yeah, you can't make this stuff up. I was given up for Lent. Um, <laughs> my, my junior year of college, uh, I had gone on a double date with this girl, uh, with a few of my buddies, and things had gone really, really well on this double date. In fact, by the end of the double date, we were holding hands, which if you went to a Christian college like me, basically meant you were engaged. So for all intents and purposes, I was engaged, okay? Um, so we hit it off well, and uh, I asked her out, you know, hey, why don't you and I just go on a date? And uh, she said, yes, of course. And so, you know, we were talking all the way leading up to the date, and things were going really well and really smooth. And so uh, the date of the day comes. I go pick her up. I've got flowers, you know, all that stuff. And we went to her favorite sushi restaurant. Found out from a friend what it was. And, you know, dinner was awesome. I mean, she was laughing at all my jokes. Um, I was laughing. She was asking about my family. You know, we were really getting into it. And, and I'm sitting here going, man, I'm knocking this out of the park. Like, I am killing this. There's going to be a date two and a date three and a date four. And I'm like, I'm rocking it. So dinner goes well. We finish up. And I've got a surprise for her. I said, hey, um, we're going to go ice skating downtown. There's an ice skating rink downtown Denver. If you're looking for a good date idea, two bucks. Two bucks to go ice skating uh, down right there off 16th Street Mall. I mean, it's beautiful. So I had this planned, and I told her, and she's like, oh, my gosh, you really surprised me. I'm very difficult to surprise, but this was great. And um, she said, but, um, hey, I, I've got this event at my church that I'm supposed to be helping out with. 
and I need to get back to that. And so <clears throat> I said, oh, of course, you know, I understood. I was helping out here. And, uh, and so I figured, yeah, like, of course I'm going to take you back. So we start driving back, and she goes, hey, um, have you ever practiced Lent before? And, and I told her, no, I, I never have. Um, and so she starts talking to me about Lent. And now at CCU, some of my courses were, were theology courses, and I love theology. And so we had just learned about Lent and the sacraments. And so I was like eating this up. I was so excited because I'm like, oh my gosh, we're having this really deep, cool conversation. And so she's like, yeah, you know, I just really don't like it. I think it bugs me when people just give up something that doesn't really bring them closer to God. And I'm like, this is awesome. Like, this is perfect. Oh my gosh. Yes. Saw nothing coming. Just I, I oblivious. Okay. So then she goes, um, yeah, so this year, I'm giving up dating for Lent. And initially, I was like, that is awesome. Wow. And then it hit me. I was like, wait, that's me. <laughs> She's giving up me. So I awkwardly was like, um, when's Lent? And she goes, two days. I'm like, oh. And it was the most awkward, quiet car ride of my life, OK? So we get back there, and I'm like, Call me after Lent. And she's like, yeah, I will, which means I'm never going to call you again. And she never did. Um, so I get back to, to my um, house at CCU, and one of my roommates is there. And I tell him the story. And we had a good laugh for about 20 minutes. And for about five minutes of that time, I, the only words I could get out were, she dumped me for Lent. She dumped me for Lent. And we just giggled. Um, now, at the time, it wasn't very comfortable um, because, I mean, even if it was just one date, no one likes to get rejected. No one. And it was painful. But looking back, I'm very thankful that she did that because here's what happened realistically. She felt God calling her to do something. She felt a tugging on her heart to do something difficult. It couldn't have been easy to, one, give up dating for Lent, but two, especially when you're talking to someone. And so she could have taken the easy route out and gone, you know what, no, I'm not going to listen, and, and who knows what would have happened. But instead, she chose to listen. And though hard, though painful for both of us, at the end of the day, her obedience and her being faithful to what God called her blessed both of us. Because if it wasn't for that, I don't know that I would have met the love of my life. I don't know that I would have gotten married to her. And so it was such a big blessing. So this morning, what we're going to do, we're going to talk about painful moments in life, difficult seasons, things that hurt, and how when, when we're in the midst of that, it's really hard to walk by faith because what we see in front of us is not pretty. And that's where we're going to read about Abraham. So um, if you have your Bibles, open up with me to Genesis chapter 22. Genesis chapter 22, it says this. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. That is a heavy passage. It's a hard passage. This is a hard chapter. But let me give you some context. One, okay, there is only one other time in Scripture 
where God asks for a human sacrifice. You know when that other time was? Jesus, yeah. Right, he, he sacrificed his only son for us so that we would have eternal life. Two, we know the ending of the story. We know God did not have Abraham go through with it. He wasn't going to have him do that. And so we know that that's, this is not something that our God wants or desires or calls anyone to do. What we see here is God, we read in the beginning, tested Abraham. Well, why? Well, Abraham and God have a history. They have a history of Abraham hearing God and going and doing faithfully. But they've also got a history of God calling Abraham and Abraham not being able to walk by faith, but rather walking by sight and doing what Abraham wants. And so God is preparing to do something huge through Abraham. And what he's basically asking Abraham is, do you trust me? Now, let's look at Abraham's perspective. Isaac, Isaac was a very literal promise from God. God had promised Isaac years, or Abraham, sorry, Abraham, that he was going to bring him a son. Even his old age, and that's Isaac. And so God is now asking Abraham to go sacrifice the very thing that God promised him, the thing that he wanted more than anything. I can imagine that for Abraham, that must have been a very hard moment. That must have been horrific. In fact, I, I think time might have stood still for him. That for Abraham was a moment where his world, everything he knew, shattered. It broke right before him. How many of us here have had moments like that? Where time stands still, where the world as we knew it completely breaks and shatters. For some of us, it's a phone call. For some of us, it's the divorce papers. For some of us, it's the actual divorce. For some, it's a doctor's visit and the news the doctor brings. For other people, it's the death of a family member, a loved one, a friend. Nonetheless, I'd be willing to bet that most of us, if not all of us, have experienced a moment that it seems like the world stands still or the world we knew gets completely blown up. For me, it was a phone call. Uh, December 24th of this past year, um, my father was admitted into the hospital. He thought he was having a heart attack. And, uh, and so luckily, he, he didn't have a heart attack. Um, but they found a mass uh, the size of a fist in the center of his chest. Um, and actually, that's what caused the heart pain. And so um, they got it biopsied, and, and so we prayed, right? We prayed. We prayed that it would not be cancerous, it would just be benign, they'd remove it, and life would be as usual. And, um, and so we waited and waited. You know, these things always take forever. They're never quick with these, are they? And, uh, and so I'll never forget uh, the night I got a call from my mom. So she called me, and in Spanish, she goes, Mijo, es que, es que no tengo buenas noticias. Um, son, I don't have good news. 
She said, tu papi tiene cancer. Your dad has cancer. And in that moment, it's like time stood still. It's like my world, the way I knew it, blew up right in front of me. See, because no one hears cancer and is like, oh, that'll be fine. It's great. And here's the thing about these moments, if you're thinking, hopefully thinking back to one of your own, is they're never quick, are they? It's not just a one thing and then, boom, you're on and life goes on. No, it drags on, doesn't it? Whether it's dealing with the aftermath and the, the emotional toil or, or whether it's whatever you're going through, it just it always seems so long. And the same is true of Abraham, actually. So we'll keep reading. We read in verse 3. It says, Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. On the third day. Talk about a long journey. I mean, can you imagine traveling three days knowing what you're going to do? I can imagine with each moment, with each hour, with each day, the anguish, the pain, the angst, the anxiety that Abraham is feeling is increasing. I can only imagine that each day is worse than the day before because he's one day closer. He's one day closer. And things aren't getting better. And in those moments, it's hard to see God, isn't it? It's hard to see his goodness when the pain, when the hurt, when it lasts. It's hard to see his goodness. It's hard to see him when things go from bad to worse to worse to worse. It's hard to remember he's faithful. For us, we found out it was cancer. So what do we do? We prayed, right? Of course, we prayed. We prayed that it was stage one, maybe stage two. So we went to a surgeon. He was hopeful. He said, yeah, I think we can take this out. And so we get in a surgery and we had a wake-up call. And the, the surgeon said, I've never lost a patient, but if I'm going to lose one, it's going to be your dad today. So we, we say goodbye, you know, we say what could have been our last goodbye and, and have our talk, and he goes into surgery. Well, half hour into surgery, half hour into a six-hour surgery, we get a phone call that says the surgeon needs to see you right away. Never good news. So we run up, myself, my, my sisters, and my mom, and, um, and the surgeon says, your dad's alive, he's stable. You know, we took a breath of fresh air, he said, but but the cancer's more advanced than we thought. It's spread to his lungs, to the pericardium, and to some of the major blood vessels around the heart. It's positively stage three, possibly stage four. So we're not gonna be able to operate 
we're going to have to go see an oncologist and do chemo. So we prayed, right? We prayed, and we said, Lord, just let it be stage three. Let chemo go well. Well, we get to the oncologist after a biopsy, and he says, stage four, it's terminal, non-curable. All we can do is prolong your life. So we did chemo, but chemo didn't work out well. Chemo landed him in the hospital, and we thought we were going to lose him a few times this past summer. And in that moment, it was really hard to see God and his faithfulness. It was really hard to see that he is still good. But he is. Abraham, Abraham knew that. And we're going to read about it. So it continues. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, said to Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. Abraham had such faith. How? In the midst of this moment, he's walking up. All he knows is it's going to be a son. How did Abraham have such faith? Well, part of the context I didn't give you earlier was Yes, God had promised Abraham Isaac, but in that promise, he also told Abraham, through that son, I am going to multiply your descendants, and they will number greater than that of the stars and of the sand. And so what Abraham knew is this, is that God is faithful to his word. God is faithful to his word. What he learned is that even when Abraham wasn't, even when Abraham didn't keep his end of the bargain, God always kept his. He's always true to his word. You see, he remembered God's past faithfulness. And that's how he was able to go on with confidence. And so, for us, for our family, what have we done? What has given us some hope in the middle of this? Well, in the midst of it, it's been remembering God's past faithfulness. It's been remembering how God has gotten us out of financial binds. It's been remembering how God healed my asthma. It's been remembering so much that God has done. I think that's very important, church, for us. I don't know what's going on in your life right now. Some of you, I'm sure, are in the middle of this too. And I think it's hugely important to, in the midst of this, remember God's faithfulness. So here's what we're going to do. A little different from what we do on a Sunday morning, okay? I want you to find someone around you, your neighbor or someone behind you, and here's what I want you to do. I want you to share, just for a minute or two, a time in your life where you saw God's faithfulness. doesn't matter what it is, but just share a time where you've seen God's faithfulness 
in your life. All right, we'll take about two minutes on your marks. Get set. Go. All right, bring it in, bring it in. I hope, um, I hope that sparked for many of you remembrance of when God has been faithful in the past because he is faithful. Abraham knew that. So that's what gave him the faith in that moment to know God will provide. Let's keep reading. It says this, when they reached the place that God had told them about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up, and there in a thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said, on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. Abraham knew that God would provide. He could trust in God's present provision. Because of how God was faithful in the past, he could trust that God was going to provide in the present. Church, we can trust that God will provide. However, he doesn't always provide in the way that we think he should or in the way that we think he is going to. I mean, think of Abraham. I'm sure he had no clue how God was going to provide. I was reading in some commentaries this week, and they were going, well, yeah, Abraham might have expected a ram, or Abraham may have expected to go through with it and for God to raise his son from the dead. But nonetheless, Abraham had no idea how God was going to provide, and yet there was a ram. And the same is true for us. See, we have this picture when we're in the midst of whatever's going on. We're in the midst of these life-changing, altering, devastating moments. We have a picture of how God needs to and is going to provide. But it's not always the same, is it? 
Now, oftentimes, God's provision looks different than what we think it should. For our family, we've been praying for healing. Right? We've been praying for that moment where we can walk into the doctor's office and they go, oh my gosh, we don't know what to tell you. The cancer's gone. And that's still not off the table. We still know God is able and he can. But for right now, in this present moment, that's not what God has provided. Instead, God has given us something else. He's provided us with time. He's given us time. You see, over the last eight months, I have called my dad and spent more time with my dad than I have in probably the last five years. He's given us intentionality. We're very purposeful with our time with him now. Not only that, but he's brought, he's brought my family closer. That's been a huge provision. I've, I am more close now with my mother and with my two sisters than I have ever been. And I think the, the biggest provision is he's, he's given me an amazing wife who's been a rock during this whole thing. And even in that, there's another cool provision. You see, yesterday was our one-year anniversary. Um, and uh, you... You should, be, you should be thanking her because, man, she's had to put up with me for a year. In fact, that's why her family's gone again, see? She's the only one here. Um, no, but we'll we never forget our wedding for, for many reasons. Um, some of you are giggling. If you want to know why people are giggling, you can ask them after. Different sermon, different time. You can ask them later. But one of the biggest reasons I remember our wedding is this. Uh, years ago, I had shared with Nathan, um, who was the youth director at the time, that one of my biggest fears and anxieties in life was that my dad would die before he got to see me get married. That's because my father's old. He's, he's 78. I'm 27. So he's 51 years older than me. Yeah. So I was really nervous. That was one of my biggest fears. And, um, and so, August 31st, 2018, here he comes, sitting right there, front left. And Nathan looks at me and goes, hey, Remember? Remember what you were afraid of? Well, look who's right there. And it was like a aha moment, like, oh my gosh. Look what you provided. So we can trust in God's provision in the present. But it doesn't stop there. You see, God wants to do more than that. God wanted to do more in Abraham's story than provide he wanted to do something greater, and I think he wants to do more in us and in the seasons of life that are hard and difficult and painful and through those seasons of life that are hard and difficult and world-shattering. So let's pick up our text again. Verse 15 says this, The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Then Abraham returned to his servants, and they set off together 
for Beersheba, and Abraham stayed in Beersheba. Let me read that one more time. All nations on earth will be blessed. Whoa. Notice God didn't say some nations. I'll bless the Jewish people. What did he say? All nations on earth will be blessed. So God, through this, through this devastating moment, not only wanted to show Abraham his provision that he would provide for him, but he wanted to do something even bigger. It's through Abraham that we get the Israelites. King David. It's through King David that we get and the Israelites. We follow it, we follow it, we follow it. We read that genealogy in the beginning of Matthew. And who comes about? Jesus. And that is how God blesses all nations through his son who came and lived a perfect life for you and I, who died on a cross for you and I, who rose again and offers eternal life with him. Isn't it crazy how God brings that full circle? So God used Abraham to bless people beyond his knowledge more than he ever knew through Jesus, right? We see Jesus. I really do believe that God wants to use your story, my story, those moments in life that are devastating and painful and hurtful and seem like they never end to bless other people. How? Well, it's as simple as letting people watch. When we're going through those difficult times, it's hard. It's difficult. And yes, sometimes we fall apart. I'd be, I'd be up here lying to you guys if I said this entire time I've held it together. If this entire time I haven't kicked and screamed and been frustrated and angry at moments. But you know what? Through it all, God has been faithful. We've been reminded of that. Through it all, God has provided. And God is what's kept us together. Even if by a thread. And when that happens, when we're able to hold on and we get through and people go, how in the world did you get through that and still be somewhat okay? You know what we can do? We can say, well, Jesus. Jesus. Let me tell you about how I got through this somewhat okay. We have an opportunity to bring people the biggest blessing and Jesus, we get to point people to him. Or maybe it's someone that's going through something similar. I'm sure that you can relate to someone who is going through some, something that's very close to what you've gone through. Might not be the same. But God uses that. God wants to use that for us to come alongside and say, hey, I've been there. I know what it's like. Let me be with you. Let me pray with you. Let me point you to him. You see, that's the biggest blessing. That's the biggest thing we could ever give someone. So my, my dad, right, we, um, he's, he's still around, praise the Lord. We've, um, we've been going through a lot of doctor's appointments, uh, chemo sessions, 
Um, I mean, hospital visits, you name it. And uh, it, it never ceases to amaze me. Every time we go somewhere, he, he talks about two things. He, he First, he thanks Kaiser. He says, I think you guys are the best. You guys rock. You saved my life. And I know some of you in here are probably like, I hate Kaiser. It's okay. It's okay. He thinks they're the best. He loves them, okay? So he's like, he's always grateful to them and saying they've got the best staff. And then right after that, the words out of his mouth are, and you know what? I'm so thankful for my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And he tells every person he can and points them to him. That is crazy. I mean, they see him. They know what's going on. And he uses that as an opportunity to point people to him. So I'm going to uh, welcome the worship team on up. Um, in church, I just want to say my hope, my prayer for you guys is this. In the midst of the difficult times, in the midst of the, the time-stopping, world-shattering moments, in the midst of the pain that just doesn't seem to cease and keeps coming, my hope is that you remember God's past faithfulness, that you trust in his present provision, and that you believe that he has a future blessing through that. Because I really do believe that he is faithful, that he will provide, and that he can and will use what we're going through to point others to him. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for just the opportunity to get up here, Lord, um, and just share, Lord, what you put on, on my heart, Lord. I just pray today that if there's someone, Lord, going through something difficult, Lord, something painful, Lord, something that just seems to drag on and on and on, Lord, I pray that they remember, Lord, that you are faithful. I pray that they remember that you will provide, Lord, and I pray, Lord God, that you will use them and their situation, Lord, to bless others by pointing them to you, Lord. Lord, I pray that you be with anyone who's hurting today. Remind them that you love them, that you care for them, and that you are with those who are brokenhearted. We love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.